0: Welcome to the Ross Project Overdrive, an extension of the Ross Project Live that airs every Monday and Friday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time, 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. in audio and video on Facebook Live, Periscope and Twitch, LinkedIn Live and YouTube. And this is where we discuss no bullshit, 100% real, raw, and unfiltered life changing advice on life, entrepreneurship, personal development family tech and marketing of course my name is ivan temelkov and i'm your host and today i have a special guest by the name of jason that's joining me you know what how do you pronounce your last name jason i
1: was waiting for that so it's jason wasser i know i've used to get all okay. the everything wasser wasser right <laughs> jason wasser is in water so it's okay. actually right originally from from that background but yeah so, well, awesome. So to be here.
0: Jason, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Um, to tell a little bit about Jason before we start chatting a little bit about his story is that he's a licensed therapist, entrepreneur coach, and mind body medicine expert who, let's just say, has done a plethora of things in his life. And I am very ecstatic about hearing about all that because I'm a sucker for stories. I'm sucker for uh, especially experiences in adversity because I think those are things that really help us become the people that we are, help us teach us things. So Jason, let's start with, you know, early childhood tell us where you've been, what you've seen.
1: Oh man. So it's always the reverse engineer story, right? So it's, it's go figure why I'm a therapist with everything I went through. And it's, it's, it's funny that I, you know, a lot of the things that I love working with the most are the things that have obviously I did go through, um, and helping people get past that wall that, you know, they need a dream team around them, uh, to be supportive and to, to work through that stuff. But, uh, yeah, I grew up in South Florida. My family's originally from Scranton, Pennsylvania previous to the office ever existing. Right? That's like, oh, you're from where the office is. I'm like, no, right. no, no. Like, first of all, it's a UK show that got adopted, right? It's still a great show. Don't get me wrong. But right. yeah, but I'm like, that is kind of what Scranton people are like. But um, yeah, my family moved here when I was one and um, I'm actually the only sibling. I'm, I'm the oldest of three, but I'm the only sibling who's not in our third generation family furniture business. So wow. going back, yeah. So going back <laughs> into like a whole crazy paradigm of like how did I end up on this side? you right. know of tracks of emotions and personal development and healing and stress and all this stuff is you know, my, my I, had, I had a traumatic experience. I had great things as a childhood, but I also had the oldest. I was most uh, front and center to my parents' divorce starting from middle school and even mm-hmm. finishing it didn't even finish until after I graduated high school um, you know, didn't have the world's greatest self-esteem. I was short. I'm still short. I'm five foot two today. Um, and you know, I had this, you know, thing, and even though I played sports and I had a good group of friends, it was always, you know, this identity, uh, that, that, you know, the stigma of around being, you know, vertically challenged as they would say back in the day. So I had all these things that like, you know, on one side, really nice, Good friends and good, you know, good people in my life, but the other side had these these self doubts and wasn't a great student. I barely graduated high school. I had a 1.8 GPA, which uh, for those of us in the entrepreneur world, I believe that uh, Ed Milette if you're right, of, uh, right from the max out podcast, I think his was around that. And Jesse Itzler was also around that. And there was a podcast episode of them talking about that. So I know I'm in good company yeah. with, with, with those people, right. With, with people who have not, uh, done so great and then, and kind of figured it out later in life, but I did struggle. I struggled with a lot of like self identity, self-esteem, um, definitely a lot of anger. I wasn't like an angry, like I wasn't lashing out and getting into fistfights. Yeah. I, you know, I had a decent, I had a good life, I had good things going on, but there was that internalized struggle. Um, so, and because of not doing well in high school, I didn't really get accepted to any good colleges and I got even a waiting list on a university that back in the day, everybody used to get into.
0: Right. If you write,
1: that was before it was a cool school to go to. So I ended up uh, going to Israel for two years and studying over there and kind of trying to figure out like some of that inner outer stuff, right? That spiritual mm-hmm. side, who am I, identity alignment, I eventually came back here to, to America and worked in a lot of informal education programs, nonprofits. Um, and uh, eventually my last job before I ended up realizing I was going to go to graduate school was at Princeton University, a school that I would never have gotten into. as a student, as a school that I got to work at in student programming, uh, for the center for Jewish life, which is their Jewish student union on campus, uh, doing programming. And one of my students who was graduating at the end of the year, um, one day was hanging out in my office and my office was, I was either hanging out with them on campus or hanging out with them. You know, know, I was informally doing therapy already at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, and she's like, so what are you doing next year? Cause I knew my contract was up and I wasn't going to continue. And I was already thinking about graduate school and some other things. And I'm like, I'm thinking about going into therapy, but I don't know what program, so we sat right. down on my computer and we found this marriage and family therapy program in South Florida, which is where I'm from. And the beautiful thing was they didn't require GREs to enter, which is shocking. Because mm-hmm. most graduate schools, right, need some type of right graduate exam, and they and, and I and I, when I called to find out, they're like, we don't believe that a GRE will determine how good of a therapist you'll become, a standardized test, right? Like, That's it. That's the school I want to go to, and um, because I know I'm not a good tester, I'm not a good academic, but I know I'm good at what I do, and if I learn the skills, I'm going to be able to take the skills. So I realized to this point that I probably would not have been able to ever become the person I become had this school buck the philosophy of testing means you'll be successful or not in the world.
0: Right. And we so see that trying. way
1: more now, right? In the entrepreneurship space that right, Gary V talks about this and all these other, right? You don't need to go, right? Yeah. Just do your thing and learn your skills. And, um, you know, right. College doesn't necessarily, your graduate school doesn't necessarily equate you being an entrepreneur, business person, success, whatever. But mm-hmm. for me, that really was the beginning of this, of this journey of, oh my gosh, like People believe in me because my skills showed up in different ways. Um, And then as I progressed going through therapy and uh, finishing school and all that stuff, becoming a therapist, sorry, um, I started getting my interest, right? Performance and sports and athletes. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I started going through this integrative alternative medicine stuff because I was struggling with stuff. And I stumbled upon having panic attacks. I stumbled upon this modality called neuroemotional technique uh, that I saw presented at a workshop. And um a month or so later two months later i did it i went to someone for myself got some anxiety panic attacks that i was going through at that point handled a month later did my first training and now that's the main hands-on modality that i do with clients in person yep. um but you know but that brought me outside of the box of being a therapist of like pushing up against again another box another thing that's like you can only do this if you want to be a therapist you can't do those type of things that's weird that's out of right which is kind of what an entrepreneur has to like kind of break the bottle. They have to write, do something different in order to bring, bring bring value. Um, And then that led me to an introduction to someone who does this entrepreneur coaching program and I'm like, but I'm a therapist, I'm a healer. I'm not an entrepreneur. And he's like, but you are I'm like, no, I left that world. I didn't want to go to the family business. I'm not an entrepreneur, I'm a therapist. By the end of the first day of that conference, Mm -hmm. my mouth was on the floor. I did not realize that everything I was doing was really in alignment with entrepreneurship from the perspective of, I have core values. I need to proclaim my core values. I need to decide uh, everything I'm doing binary based on these core values. And when I bring that into my business, and I bring that into my relationships, and I bring that into my financial investing, and I bring that into the food I bring into my house, that's being entrepreneurial. And that was the first biggest lesson I learned that I'm like, holy crap, And that led me down the rabbit hole through this program where I became a certified coach um, as an an entrepreneur and and business coach, which I'm now working with businesses and entrepreneurs and owners and their families and that whole. So I'm bringing the family therapy perspective into that system of businesses and and entrepreneurship.
0: So. Uh, I, I want to unpack that a little yeah. bit more and everything that you just said. And I want to go all the way back to starting with Ed Mylett, who's actually a former mentor of mine. Nice. Um, and so and what's really crazy, actually, about that on top of this is that uh, my 41st birthday was a week ago and uh, he wished me happy birthday on Instagram. Sweet. And I nearly shut my pants because. <laughs> You know, this is someone who is, well, set aside his net worth of what, 400 million or something. But the fact something that, crazy, yeah, the fact that someone actually has the recognition of that, you know, that actually pays attention to to stuff like that. Right. Because yeah. When you captivate attention. But even more so than that is this podcast, The Roz Project, actually is up there with Ed Milet's Max Out and Andy Frazella's Real AF. Nice. If you search on Apple Podcasts, yeah, believe that's it or awesome. not. And so suddenly as you were talking about this is, you know, I believe there's a reason that you are on this podcast. <laughs> you're you're here because you were meant to come on this podcast for sure. And it's it's fascinating because from an entrepreneurial standpoint, really, is that it's it's that energy and that attraction that gets created when you surround yourself with like minded people, you know, people who are optimistic, people who want to thrive, people who want to, you know, max out right? People who want to achieve their full potential in life, in business, you know, in their relationships. And uh, I'm one of those people that that's a little where the Ross Project started six six years ago. It's pivoted multiple times. But so you said that the other thing I wanted to ask you is, so when you were talking about Princeton, right? Mm-hmm. And I think you said that this was a school that you wanted to get into, I believe,
1: but you couldn't get into. It, and then no, I wouldn't even think program. about even applying there. That's the thing, right? It's it's yeah. the fact that like I got offered two different jobs uh, the same weekend, and I remember. Was, so the other university that I was applying to be a program director right. for was University of Hartford. And before I left, I was back in Jersey at my uncle's, and um, I only had one connection in the entire Hartford uh, community. Uh, so I actually like I only knew one person there, right? So at least I was going in pretty blind to not having a support system. And I went back to New Jersey, uh, where I was flying out yeah. of, um, and I looked at the same website that had this position. And Prince, I'm like, ah, whatever. Like, I'm, I'm gonna throw a curve. I'm gonna throw it out there, right? It was really ballsy of me, because yeah. why would they want me? So, and I already had the job offer from 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 University of Hartford. Way different. I mean, it's a school of yep. totally different caliber, right? I mean, it's still a good school, but it's just not. It's right. not an Ivy League school.
0: Right. Right. right.
1: And. Um, so I had the interview like the next day, and by that night, I think I think by the time I got home, two three days later, they offered me the gig, and I'm like, "Listen, like I need you to match. I know you have money. I need you to match. You know, it's, not, it's Princeton. It's not like you know. It's not like there's a there's a shortage of funding. Um, you know. So I need you to match. It was nothing. It was like dollars difference. You know, over the course of a year." So, but the fact that I, A, that I even asked for that number, right? And it wasn't, we're not talking Mm -hmm. about like hundreds of that. We're talking about like $35,000, you know, for the year. That's, you know, that's how in 2002 or whatever it was. Wow. Yeah. 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 Um, But that was big money, $35,000. And I'm going to go negotiate for $35,000. I'm going to get that extra (laughs) $1,000 out of him, right? That was ballsy for me back then because my, right? Who am I? I'm a 22 year old guy with whatever. Um, And if you want me, you got it. Right. So, um, so I think that was like a big, big step. And I always, you know, I'm like, oh, this is so interesting. Like I'm so not, you know. I'm not Princeton material, but yet I'm here. So what does that mean? And the connections that I made there, the people that mm-hmm. I met there. I, I, you know, Dr. Ruth, you know, the world famous. Right, the old. Right? Everybody knows Dr. Ruth from the the old sex. The Friday, you know, the she's a sexologist, and you know, she's mm-hmm. 80 years old, whatever. So like, I had a, I went for a walk with her because she was a visiting professor. So I got introduced to all these really cool, amazing people. Yep. So like, there's these little stages of my life that like I didn't realize were an unpackaging of the future of what can be for me that I had to be willing to embrace.
0: Well, you know, one thing that you mentioned is, um uh, there was, you said very ballsy of you. I think it's the, that scarcity mindset that actually turns off a lot of people because, yeah. you know, looking at my experiences and as an immigrant, Eastern European bullied all through high school. In fact, uh, I got my ass grilled in a room on the new clubhouse app in front of like eight and nine figure earners because, um, it, my story, because the way I usually lead is like, well, here's you know my story, here's what I do, and here's how it evolved into my business. And they almost like interpreted it as as uh, trying to give me self pity because I went through all this adversity. Now to me, I I believe that you know you have to be ballsy, you have to remove the scarcity mindset. And I wish I personally, I wish I had only done that earlier in life because I feel like I missed out on so many opportunities. But now being older, it's like Don't regret the opportunities you missed out on. Just embrace the ones that are in front of you, you know, because literally, um, I mean, here's a prime example talking about like scarcity, right? Like being bullied all through high school. I haven't talked to anybody from my high school. That was in 20 plus 25 Mm. years, you know, and I said that I said that, you know, aside, I I got over it, you know, I let it go. But for a period of 10 years, I wouldn't let go. I wanted justice. You know, I wanted justification. I wanted, you know, because of what these people did to my self confidence and self esteem that really impacted my life. I mean, I, I worked three jobs, I dropped out of college, yeah. you know, I, I was smoking for a period of 10 years, just floating by through life, you know, and I blamed it on those people. Right. Mm-hmm. I blame it on those people because I thought that they were at fault of why, you know, my life took, you know, a right turn, so to speak, or, yeah, took no turn whatsoever. I exactly. Kept coasting, you know. And then I realized, you know what you the best way to move forward is to let go. So you were talking about being ballsy, is like, you knew your value, you stood up to it. You took the initiative and that's what you got. That's what got you the opportunity. You seize the opportunity when most people don't do that.
1: Sure. But my value at that point and I really love what you're saying is there's two things I want to touch on. One is that what was my perceived value at my at that point, which is only to the extent of what I was capable of Asking for or seeing what I can bring to the table. Right. So right. my value at that point was only $35,000 of output.
0: And that's not a whole ton, by the right? Way, but yeah, you're right? right. That's
1: where my perspective was right. as a 22 year old, 23 year old, that like my value is only equivalent to a $35,000 salary and being someone's, you know, I realized like the, the day I realized when I was working in another private practice and I was like literally paying their rent and paying their staff. And I'm like, I'm done, right? I will never make exponentially the amount of money because they're always taking a percentage, and and I'm not. There's no. I'm helping them grow. I'm not, and it's not helping me grow. There's no Jason's reputation. It's building their business, and I'm always growing. And and at a certain point, the amount of income I'm going to be making is going to pay their entire practice. So why aren't I doing that for myself? If it's the same percentage point, right? right? That I can just have my as as long as I'm beating that overhead on my own, I'm eventually going to minimize that number. But I knew that like. I saw that at that point years later and being working, and this was the second uh, group practice that I worked in, that I will never be able to make more than X amount of dollars if I keep doing this with myself, I work, working for someone else, right? Yeah. So the, the the second point that I wanted to bring up was is that there's two ways that someone can live in this world about any topic in life. And mm-hmm. they can be empowered about that topic or they can be a victim to that topic. And we all have a multitude of topics that were one or the other. Our job is to figure out which ones we're empowered in and which ones we're still playing victim to consciously or unconsciously. Yeah. And I think that's where someone like, you know, me comes in where, you know, especially in the business world and being a therapist that works with performing athlete, right? Artists and athletes and, 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 and business right. professionals and whatever is that where you can't get your true success. In the entrepreneurship space unless you know what you're capable of doing and deserving without some false beliefs jumping around in there and keeping you back from making some really powerful all-in decisions
0: yeah uh one thing that i wanted to shift the convo to is kind of seeing the evolution of your early days as you were kind of building up momentum and paving your path you know was there a point in your life where you kind of you know we're like starting to kind of narrow in on like like what exactly you wanted to do with you know the therapy and the coaching obviously yeah. you know and can you talk a little bit about that like was there a kind of a moment or was there an experience or did you have an mm-hmm. epiphany maybe well
1: i think all the things that i'm doing are things that i'm passionately interested in in my personal life so when people um the people who really know me know the things that I do in my practice and the things I talk about and the things that are showing up in my world are consistent, whether I'm working or I'm not working. Mm. Right, yeah. so it's not. It doesn't mean that when I'm do when I'm doing it in my free time, I'm working, and it's about building my business. It's not. It's that these are things that I'm just seriously interested on my own. So if you look at my bookshelves, which there are plenty of them, it really is the four things that my my podcast is doing, and what I'm is right psychology, right the right. mindset, the whole world of healing and psychology and therapy and whatever spirituality and 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 spirituality as it means to the person it doesn't necessarily need to be a god based spirituality and people there are people who are religious and not spiritual and people who are spiritual and not religious so it's not right. about right it's not about a, a you know that monolithic type of perspective but uplifting right what are you doing that's spirituality we can even call personal development right. right outside of psychology then we have my integrative and alternative medicine and alternative wellness, you know, the integrative wellness side of things, functional medicine, functional nutrition, neuroemotional technique, right? Working out, getting the right, you know, that type of stuff, mm-hmm. the wellness side of things, and the entrepreneurship side. So I do believe that those four verticals are the pillars to that. If you like really get those handled, those are the four most successful. Like your life will be the most successful when you get those four pillars handled.
0: You know, you said something I want to go back to that's really important. Um, and I actually just recognize this, believe it or not, is that yeah. you said what you do in your practice, in your business is consistent with your life. Yeah. In other words, is just that you're, you're passionate about what you do. So you live and breathe. In. And I think in the entrepreneurial community, I want to shift the conversation towards that is that there's too many entrepreneurs that get into entrepreneurship just for business reasons because they mm-hmm. want to make money. Uh, And they don't look at, you know, the purpose and the passion and the why they don't, they don't emphasize upon that. And then they get into business, you know, five, 10, 20 years down the road and they realize, oh shit, I hate doing this. I got into this because I just wanted to make money. I got into Mm -hmm. real estate or technology. And just because I just wanted to make fucking money because I got tired of, you know, doing the nine to five grind. And like you said, it's like, oh shit, they're taking away cuts when I could be doing this on my own. Yes. So I want to I want to talk about psychology and mindset, because I think you can share so much about this uh, from in the entrepreneurial community. Like, can you share more about in your experience? You know, what do you think? Because I I think psychology and personal development mindset might be all in the same is so undervalued in the entrepreneurial community. Yeah. When in fact, I think those are the driving factors behind entrepreneurship. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Obviously, you've coached athletes and you've done a lot of different things, but what's the constant? You know, Can you share some value around sure. that?
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, the value is the core values. And this is one of my big, 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 mm. big, big topics. And um, it, it's... <sighs> The simplest way to solve a problem is always the simplest way to solve the problem. And we're typically overthinking things when we're trying to do that. And sure. that's why I always go back to, if I know your core values, and I, right, and if you're uncertain about your core values, I'm going to help you create your core values. But if you know your core values, I can help you get everything you want with simplicity and probability. Yeah. So if you tell me, That your core values are these five things, then we're just going to go through everything in your life and say, let's find the things that are in alignment with that, that you're letting in. Let's find the things that are not in alignment with that, that you are letting in. And let's figure out a way to get those things out of your life. Because if that's taking up bandwidth, and most likely it's taking up a lot of bandwidth because it's not in alignment with who you are and who you need to be, then it's probably overburdening you and taxing your system. So you can't focus on the things you need to do that are going to come easier. Right. It doesn't mean it's not going to take effort, but I'm talking about easier when it comes from the, that you're in more alignment with it. So it's going to be more organically natural for you to succeed in that. And a lot of yeah. that is all distractions. And the other side of the coin is it's also a lot of toleration tendency that we willingly tolerate things for the sake of social pressure, family pressure, cultural pressure, religious pressure, mon- you know, whatever, keeping up with the Joneses pressure, <laughs> right. whatever right. that right. we know really doesn't serve us, but we tolerate it because we think that there's going to be some value add to it that really doesn't service. And we do that a lot in relationships too, you know, whether it's romantic relationships or even employee employer relationships, right? All those things are like, well, we, well, they're, they're really, they brought in a hundred thousand dollars worth of of profit last year, but they completely don't reflect the business's brand. That's a tough place, but I don't know any business that doesn't have someone like that.
0: You know, So you mentioned something I want to touch upon because this is really key. You said core values. Yeah. Um, So without going down the long version route, you know, I'm someone who's been in the digital and the marketing social space for twenty six years and six years ago when I started my business, I really wanted to focus on human centricity behind Mm -hmm. business and marketing. And when you said core values, it's actually ironic because just a few days ago, I actually, mind you, after six years, was able to write down these core values Not because I didn't know them in my head all these six Mm -hmm. years. It's because I finally could articulate them. I want to share them with you because I think you can speak to all of these. First one is integrity, being honest Mm -hmm. and transparent about everything. Disruption in constant search of new horizons. People forge human to human connections. Impact, create a positive change and shift with longevity. Consistency, nonstop pursuit of helping others and our clients achieve their goals. Empathy. Genuinely giving a shit about our people and clients that we work with. Deliverability. What we say we'll do is what we deliver while also going above and beyond the call of duty. Accountability. Giving a fuck is simply giving a fuck. That's all there's to it. And we take full accountability for every situation we engage in. The last one, be yourself. Zero judgment passed and we welcome freedom of expression openly. Now, I think eventually I might, I mean, these are all core values that literally have a mapped out in images that, you know, in an office space one day when things actually get to someone normal, they'll be listed or be hanging on the walls, I should Mm -hmm. say. But, you know, when you brought up core values, I, I, I don't think. And again, it's so ironic that you're on the show because it's several days after I actually mapped out all of these. But it's a, those are a true reflection of who I am as a person. And to be honest with you, when I think back of it now, it's like, holy shit, like the clients that we have right now, they resonate with these core values.
1: Sure, because it's reflective of your brand and you want people that are in alignment with your brand. So mm-hmm. the, so to, to give you a really great example of that, so in my old office, right, I, I shut down my, so the pandemic started in, it got really bad here in South Florida, mid-March. Yeah. Um, and I was away at a retreat that I was doing a, a young professional retreat with my buddy Pablo. We co-hosted a retreat together in, in uh, North Carolina, Nashville. And that weekend I made the executive decision to uh, to close down my office, and then in June I moved out of my office. So I've been online fully since then. but previous to that for the years that I was in my office behind my wall of my suite on the other side of my wall was a psychiatrist. In the amount of years that I worked in that office, I was five years, I had zero referrals that I sent over to her. Why? Because my job is to first find you all of the natural, healthier ways That i can help you solve this problem anxiety depression whatever it may be through Mm. the most integrative natural ways through supplementation of finding out what's going on with your diet what's going on if you're not getting the right biochemistry what's going on if you're not meditating your stress handle and your exercise and your water intake and let's try the 44 things first before i have to send you there (laughs) and we usually did find it right so one day she came into my office and she was a very nice person um and (laughs) She came into my office, in the, or we saw each other on the hallway, and she's like, oh, I got these extra sodas. I got the wrong sodas from my waiting room. Do you want them, or something like that? And my response to her, with this big grin on my face, was, there's no fucking way those are coming into my office. <laughs> <laughs> and she looked at me like, what? Yeah. Like, what the F is wrong with you? Well, plenty, but that's not the point. So, <laughs> 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 And I'm like, sorry. I don't serve my clients soda. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, the ones that you're showing me yeah. have something called aspartame in it. And aspartame right. is a known and listed neurotoxin. In fact, it's one of the most insidious chemicals you can willingly put into your body. And yeah. I'm completely against people consuming those type of things. And I'm trying to get them off those type of things, including medication, right? If I can help them get off medication with the right team. Yeah. And she's like, but well, it's okay if it's every once in a while. Like, you know what? You're right. So do you want to come with me to the strip club around the corner? And, um, we do a line of Coke, but (laughs) we're only going to go once this year. So it's moderation. Yeah. But we're only going to do one line of Coke. Right. 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 Once, but it's moderation. Right? right. So we have these stories of a justification for why we think things are okay, but two, the core values of our perspectives of on how we practice to work with people, we're both in the mental health field. Yeah. Are as far away as could possibly be. And therefore, when I was interviewing associates to be part of the practice, if they walked in with a soda in their hand for an interview, there is yeah. no interview.
0: Yeah, you know, you said something that I just wanted to touch upon is just that you made a really good point that I think in the society we live in, there's so many things that have been scrutinized for the, uh, for the individual personal gain of people. So we have literally become so immune to bullshit in society as human beings that we have literally forgotten the very small things that have the biggest impact. And I, I, I'm a prime example of this. You talked about health and nutrition. I've struggled yeah. for it for 20 years. I shit you not. After So after high school days, smoking, bullying, uh, just trying to find my, my path. And then last year in September, after I did the carnivore diet as a test for 30 days, I was at the lowest weight I had been since I was 18 years old. Sure. Since I was 18 sense. years old. And... That was an enlightening experience, Jason, because it wasn't really as much about the nutrition, you know, it wasn't about the weight, even. It was about what it did right here. Mm-hmm. It was about suddenly how like almost a switch turned on and said, You've always had it in you. You've always had it to to shift your mindset, to invigorate and stimulate your mind. And by doing so, because if you feel better. Right, or if you look, if you look better, you'll feel better.
1: Exactly, and if you feel better, if you feel better, you're going to look better too, because you're going to start giving exactly. yourself a better perspective of things in the world. I remember years ago, I was working with this um, Chinese medicine practitioner, uh, mm-hmm. and they. Um, there's two uh, for people out there who like you know just in the world of acupuncture there's really two fields there's TCM traditional Chinese medicine and five elements and five Mm. elements was the original theory and it was much more spiritual oriented as well and then TCM the emperor came along and they took out all the spiritual side and made it really medical so so I I I didn't know the difference until I went to this this clinic and it was like super amazing like I mean they were just doing some cool stuff and they gave me this herb concoction where it was like it's not like the pills like you brew your own herbs and it like Mm -hmm. it basically tastes like you know leftover C- cigarette water from like a you know like if you had in like a like a bong and you drank that water, but oh. uh, yeah, yeah, that's what like you know China. Unfortunately, like, when you get the raw herbs, sometimes it's not the most pleasant. You're you know no. pleasant tasting, but it's powerful as hell. And I remember doing. I remember waking up the sec the day I so I started it on whatever day, and then I remember waking up the next morning, and I was not home. I was actually out of state and um, in a place where I really didn't like at the time. Mm-hmm. And, I remember waking up going out. I'm like, God, it's beautiful out today. And I'm like, what the hell is wrong with me? Like, where is this coming? Right. It was just like this like mindset. Like there was just yeah. so this bi like this organic shift that I couldn't even control that I didn't like this place, that I already felt right. better on a biochemistry level, that something overpowered that. Yeah. And we get stuck in that so many times that when we I look at everything through this this lens called the home run formula. You put the issue on the pitcher's mound and we run the bases. Many times people only go to someone to help them with one base without rounding the bases to make sure all are touched, Yeah. right? So that first base for me would be the emotions, the world of emotions. Mm -hmm. Second base would be toxicity. What, What have you been exposed to environmentally, right? Food, pesticides, electromagnetic, right? All those things that are affecting you, your biochemistry, your mind, and your body. Third base would be nutritional deficiencies and home plate would be structural, physical therapy, acupuncture, chiropractic, physio, right, massage. And if we don't check all of those four bases on every issue, we're missing something and things can fall through the cracks. So that's when I'm working with someone as a practitioner, I'm making sure that they're hitting everything, even if it's a business, Right. right, let's figure out what's going on. Are you, right, if you're eating, if you're trying to run a high end business, are you eating every three to four hours getting the right nutrition in? And are you getting the right protein in? Are you or are yeah. you loading yourself up on just like, you know, frappuccinos and having like fifteen cups of coffee a day and like right? And that's very acidic. And the more acidity in your body, then your body's getting thrown out. And then it's gonna affect your right your biochemistry and then your cap right, your gut create. I mean, there's a whole cascade of stuff. Yep. Which you know because you cut out a ton of stuff. That worked for you. Now that wouldn't work for me because I've tried it. And I know, yeah. right? My biochemistry is different. So yep. these diets that are all like keto for everybody, I'm not a fan of. Keto for some people, yes. Intermittent pa- fasting sure. for for many people, yes. Right, but it has to be the right based on what you're, what you specifically need. The same way, it's the same with like whatever resources we need in our life: the right therapist, yeah. the right personal trainer, the right relationships. How do you decide who that is? What are your core values, and do they align with that?
0: You know all these things you just mentioned and how this really plays into entrepreneurship is so key because you were talking about nutrition first. Yeah, and I will tell you this is I fasted for nine months. Mm -hmm. Then I did carnivore in September, lost 12 pounds. That was great, but it wasn't sustainable. You were talking about like these natural herbs. Mm -hmm. I did that two years ago as part of a diet and I did these cleanses. I was like, what the hell is this shit that I'm (laughs) like, it tastes right.
1: Terrible. Awful. And what the hell is this shit coming out of me too? <laughs> right.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well,
1: well, I love this joke that the joke is what happens when you take a lot of expensive supplements, Right. you have a lot of expensive urine and a lot of expensive shit. If yeah. you're not taking exactly what you need, right? These detoxes, right? How do you know you need, well, I mean, I need a liver detox. What does that mean? Right? No. So these, so I'm not like a big fan of people going on these crazy detoxes without knowing specifically what you need based on your yep. functional blood chemistry for you well, right? that's
0: just that's just it is what you just said is this that you know the different diets i did were not sustainable they were mm-hmm. meant to be like and mind you before i did the carnivore diet also there's a lot of people are like and the shit i read on the internet was like this causes heart attacks and this right. and that and right. blah 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 i'm like well if i believe the shit i read on the internet i'll never do this So I ended up doing it and I even followed it to about 90%. I shit you not, because it was so hard to just eat meat basically for 30 days and drink water and, and cut alcohol too for 30 days. Cause I'm an Eastern European, even though I cut out beer now almost a year ago, I like like social drinking. I just do a glass of wine, you know, uh, even a hard liquor now, but you said it is that they're not sustainable and so when you said eating three to four hours that's what i've been doing or trying to for the last couple months now on this new plan is that it's every three hours four times per day because your metabolism needs to get more regular and mind you i have a very high metabolism it's just something that i was born with but the metabolism also slows down as you get older so now it's a different story and introducing more of a gym now mind you (laughs) Earlier on, you said, and I just remembered this, that you're the first in your family not to be in the furniture business. Now, I'm technically, I would say the first, but my father's technically the first entrepreneur Uh in the entire Bulgarian family. Talk about breaking the chain, right? Yeah. Now, mind you, with that came all kinds of pushbacks, Uh right? Now. Nobody in my family has ever ate right until my father's cholesterol was pushing 300 and the doctor said, dude, lay off the burgers, man. Lay off the shit you've been eating. This stuff is not good for you. My dad's like, it was basically an ultimatum, but you don't need to get to that point. No,
1: but we're stubborn. We're so stubborn. And it does Mm -hmm. sometimes have to be that like fight or flight, you know, aha moment versus just the simple general gradual shifts and changes over the course of the day over the course of the week, over the course of the months, over the course of years. In other words, you can start adapting. If we're just going to stay in the world of nutrition just for a second is a good example. It -hmm. doesn't mean you have to go all organic tomorrow, but you can pick one category of food that you are only going to buy organic from here on out. Yeah. Right. And then next year, what's the next category? So you can say, do you know what? All of my canned goods that I'm going to buy all my canned goods and all of my frozen goods. I'm going to make sure they're organic. That's a that's a good start, right? And then yeah. you move into the next category. Okay, all my dairy products or all my meat products, I want them to be farm raised or raised right, vegetarian fed or whatever it may be. Right? You don't have to do this like I mean, it's obviously if you have the capability and the financial ability to just do that, great. But if it's too scary, too startling, right? Or it's not even just that, yeah. but it's also like I'm going to start cutting out certain types of food. I'm going to I'm no longer I'm going to replace my sodas with Powerade. Now, Powerade's not awesome for you, but it's better than soda. There's still a shit ton of sugar in it. But yeah. then it's, okay, well, then I'm going to move from that to a Stevia sweetened drink, not the aspartame, not all the fake sugars. Right. I want everybody out there to hear that. The, the research on the fake sugars, as much as people say, no, it's really not that bad and it's okay every once in a while, within five minutes in your biochemistry, your whole ner- your whole system changes. Your whole system changes, yep. so yep. right. So maybe if you're like the soft drink person, start experimenting and like, oh, I love soda. I can't give up my soda. Okay, then go to Whole Foods. Go online on Amazon Prime with your Whole Foods. Now, since no one, no one has who doesn't have who doesn't have access to Prime at this point, <laughs> start right. experimenting with all of the different. Right? If not, you have it from your friends, right? My my last all podcast right. interview, I traded my um my Apple Plus mem- uh. Co- membership for someone's Disney Plus membership with the host on the show. We swap. <laughs> like nice. A, so right, it's networking. I, I've so, got, I,
0: I've got. Well, you know, I've got a four-year-old and a two-year-old. So uh, talk about subscriptions, dude. We got right, everything. We got right. YouTube TV. We got Netflix. We've got Disney Plus. You know, we got Apple. I'm like, what the fuck. Like, I might as well get leverage it. At this point.
1: Leverage it. Leverage it. I have a buddy of mine, right, who's on Clubhouse. Right. It's just, a, again, side tangent, but this is this is yep. what makes it so fun. Yep. A buddy of mine sold his Clubhouse. Because uh, you only get a certain amount of, you get one invite when you join right, him, and then as you get right. more involved I think they give you more he sold all of his invites
0: wow yep uh, that, that, that's that that's a that's a way to profit right
1: yeah, why that's not because people were dying yeah. to get on the right the last couple of oh, yeah. weeks so now for me I'm using it as if you work with me as if you do a coaching uh a year coaching plan with me i'm gonna give you my clubhouse membership my my the ones that I have for free right, that's a that's an additional wow yeah. I'm gonna give you. That will be my. If you have, if you don't have a membership to Clubhouse, because right, it's by invite only. If you do a year contract with me, that's your. Yeah. That's my. That's my value add. And trust me, there are value adds on there because the people that I've already met from that has been an incredible right getting in front of yeah. talking about getting in front of people. But again, going back to the like the nutrition thing, always make mm-hmm. things. We we make things more difficult than what we have to make them. And again, simplicity always wins. And the other side of the coin yeah. is. Who do you need in your life to help you? Who's the accountability, right? That was one of your words. Who do we need? I'm a big fan of the dream team. Who is your dream team that will help you get there? And you don't need to know them in person. You talked about Andy Fresella and Ed Milet. Yeah. Right. I have a friend of mine. She's doing 75 hard now. And she she never, ever, 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 ever would have been introduced to an Andy podcast because she's not, you know, that's not her culture. And I, yeah. you know was talking about it once and or i don't know whatever it was Oh, maybe in one of my group and one of my my young professional entrepreneur uh, i do uh, a group coaching uh, thing on tuesday night so if any of the listeners yeah. are interested it's uh, for singles Absolutely. who are young professionals and i was talking about it and now that person now she's doing 75 hard yeah
0: you know, you know the interesting you said that because um you know, I, I live in St. Louis, Missouri, so mm-hmm. it's the Mecca, you know, first right. farm headquarters is 30 right minutes there. from my house, you know, and, uh, you know, Andy is a household name. In fact, mm-hmm. some old neighbors of mine actually went to high school with him. And so, you know, he's he's kind of a household name. And when I was at the Arte conference two years ago, like it was really, you know, it, w- it was a groundbreaking thing. But yeah. um, going back to the nutrition, I want to mention something that is so key that. You know, so for instance, I started cycling eight years ago too. It wasn't really about cycling. I right. love it like crazy. You know, it's my invigoration, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Indoor or outdoor?
0: It's outdoor. Okay, I so you're out. like, so like
1: road So you're like road oh, cycling, yeah. like carbon fiber clipped in and everything. Oh yeah, dude! I'm good for you, brother. In, nice, bars, me too. Seventy yep.
0: miles per week. Like good I'm for just you. fucking cranking it. Good for you. Yeah. But what you riding? So. Uh, so I have a, a an aluminum bike. It's yeah. Ro- uh, ro- uh, Handlebars. Uh-huh. Yeah. Drop it. Um, yeah. And clipping. I invest in shoes. And you know, on pavement, you know, go out. Yeah, yeah, park yeah. And, regular
1: road cycling. Yeah, that's what I do.
0: Yeah. And so, but you know what? It's not about endurance. It's not about fitness. It's about this.
1: Yeah. It's also about having fun. Hmm. And I really want to impress upon that because years ago. I grew up playing tennis and baseball. Those are my two favorite sports. Huge Agassiz fan. You can see Don Mattingly right behind oh, me. Oh, nice. The back, from his Yankee days, even though he's yeah. now the the manager of yeah. the Marlins, the Florida Marlins down here, right? Or the Miami Marlins, whatever they've changed their name to. But um, <laughs> I can't keep track. So, But I remember years ago, I was 25, and I, and I got hooked up with a tennis coach here. And it was so dirt cheap. It was ridiculous. And I'm still playing with that coach off and on wow. over the years. And her and I yelled at her for not raising her prices from 10, 15 years ago. And um, so... I remember getting back on the court that morning and I was so out of shape that I was dry heaving on the side of the court at 24, 25 years old, dry heaving. And I remember how badly I played, how out of shape I was, but the fact that I was on the tennis court was so amazing. Yeah, And that's my mindset that I want to have like... Yeah, when I go run and I'm tra- you know and I try to do a half marathon at least once a year um oh, wow. yeah I do, you know, so right now'm since there's no real half marathons that I can really sign up for there sure. yeah, whatever and for but I'm gonna do one by myself a self-guided one because w- yeah. the rules are broken why not do your own half marathon why not do your own 5k why right. right. not do your own right? right so um you know I want to make sure that I'm also as much as it burns and it hurts but I'm having the mindset of oh my god I'm so blessed that I'm capable of doing this.
0: You hit the nail on the head, Jason, you know, it's uh. so uh, take clubhouse, for example, there was yeah. a few rooms that I was in and um, you know, they were talking about like, you know, like mindset and improvements and t- that type of stuff, personal development. And, and uh, you know, I came out with gratitude, right. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, like I, I get to wake up every day. I get to see yeah. my kids. I get to see my wife, everything else I feel like is materialistic, but Positioning yourself in that mindset to understand that, you know what, the fact that your heart is beating and -hmm. you have air in your lungs, you've got two eyes, you've got two hands, you've got two feet, Yep. one over probably 90% of society, because there's people that won't wake up, there's people that have heart problems, people that have lung problems.
1: We got COVID going on right now. Yeah. We got this crazy pandemic where I know there's a 32 my, one of my friends is a teacher at one of the the private schools here. And he's like, there's Mm -hmm. a 32 year old guy in a coma from COVID. One of the teachers, 32 years old. Yeah. Yeah. It's married with two, with kids. Right. right. So, so we absolutely completely need to be in this gratitude appreciation stage. And and it's so funny that like the person who drops the most F bombs or the, is the person who talks about gratitude the most, which is Gary Vee right
0: love the guy love it love it <laughs> I, I i like
1: i always like this guy would have been forget him being like as amazing as he is he yeah. has such yeah. a, a fingerprint on human dynamics yep that he would have been an insane 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 therapist
0: oh yeah i i, I agree with you in fact that really you know one of the reasons I, I followed Gary Vias because of because of that and what you described yeah. but also because being a fellow immigrant and kind of you know paved his own path to success and building businesses and and but you said that he's hacked human culture yeah and I think in today's society if you have it and there's a select few that do to hack human culture and and hack into current trends sky's the limit mm-hmm you can literally build anything, any business, make any amount of money, sure. you know, relationships. But that takes, you know, a specific I, I feel like it's a DNA thing. I think it it's really also
1: a, yes, for sure. But I think that we can, you know, in the world of epigenetics, which is the study of our genetic expression, mm-hmm. scientifically proven that we can change our genetic expression. So someone can evolve into this. With the right mindset, the stuff that I'm talking about now, the stuff that I have a podcast that is about to hit, that I think dropped episode 80, yeah. the fact that I'm getting in front of insane people and people like you want me on their show, yeah. 10 years ago was nowhere near. I remember when podcasts podcast first came out and I'm like, oh, whatever, podcasts are bullshit. Like, what is this thing? Like, whatever <laughs> it is. And then I remember like, I started some of my friends who are big in the entrepreneur space that are doing crazy, crazy money. Started, I'm like, all right, let me... You know, let me, let me, let me think about doing this for myself as far as bringing it a, a greater thing of bringing, cause I'm already doing workshops and teaching and yeah, got yeah. in to do retreats yeah. and stuff like that. But I never thought of like doing it in this type of format. And now it's kind of like, I, I just reached out to someone. Do you remember the TV show lie to me? that was on a bunch of years ago it was um, about this guy who was able to read like facial recognition and tell if they were telling the truth or not. It was, it was on Fox, but it was okay. a great, great show. And it's based on the work of Dr. Paul Ekman, who's a, a psychologist who did facial recognition and micro expressions mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Now he doesn't do it. He only does interviews for like major, 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 major news channels like CNN and right, whatever. So yeah. I wrote to them. I mean, yeah. I got nothing to lose. And my response then was, I know it says on your website, you only respond to interviews for these type of things, but I've also noticed you have never done a podcast interview. If I don't ask, I can't get the yes. I'm already, right? So I'm putting it out there, right? That's how I got Howard Bihar from Starbucks, uh, the former international president of Starbucks and the author of It's Not About the Coffee, right? We have to get past... I said, I would love... I love your... Everything you're doing, I love X, Y, and Z. Your conscious capitalism and and right social entrepreneurship and all that stuff like that. I would love to. Fifteen minutes later, he wrote me back saying yes. Right? Yeah. Never would I expected I said that he would say yes. So this is what I learned from that. That I really want to give as a as a, as a tasty nugget to everybody. The worst thing that can happen if you ask is not no. Yeah. Because yeah. if you already expect the no, you don't have to do anything different in your life. But if they say yes, you got to amp up your game.
0: You know, um, you hit the nail on the head because there's been a few celebrities on the show, like, you know, Mm -hmm. Forbes Riley and Elena Cardone, Mm -hmm. wife of Grant Cardone. And I just actually two weeks ago did an episode with Justin Guarini from American Idol. Oh, cool. First episode. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And so, but you just nailed it is that if you don't ask, you'll never know. Right. Right. And I think that's what most people. Are, are unwilling to do because of the scarcity mindset that mm-hmm. they keep holding on to because society has sort of like you know tumultured that in their heads that sure. like you know scarcity is how you live by um amazing conversation everything we've talked about but i want i have to ask because you've done a lot of coaching you know we not even talk about you know mlb mm-hmm. and you know nba and the tennis associate u.s tennis yeah. association and different players but what, what I want to know from you is, in your experience with everything that you've done, what are maybe the top three things that you have seen humans and entrepreneurs struggle with the most? Yeah.
1: So we all have insecurities. No matter what level we're playing at, we still have insecurities. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, like when I was working with some former professional athletes, it was kind of their childhood stuff that they never got dealt with. So number one, like if you have stuff that's still unresolved in your life from your childhood, as cliche as it sounds, it's still going to play out. And it's most specifically going to play out in your romantic relationships. So that's number one, right? Heal your unfinished business, go to a good therapist. Get that handled. Here's a try, I also want to make sure that people know out there. There's a. You know, coach. The, the coach. Anybody can become a coach, right? You can wake up tomorrow, go to the bathroom, wipe your butt, and call yourself a coach, right? Let's just let's. This is just. There's not, It's not. It's an unregulated industry. So you got to know who you're working with. Number. That's number two, yep. right? I mean, as far as that that paradigm. But I, I want people to like. If you have trauma in your life, you need a therapist. And the reason why is that it feelings buried alive never die. It will never heal. And it will show up in multiple places and it will affect things yeah. in any way, shape or form. So that's one number two is that again, i got that insecurities that, no matter what we achieve, no matter what level of success, there's still going to be a layer of, of insecurity. And I'm sure that Andy and Ed and, and Grant and Elena and Ellen and Dr. Phil and Deepak, Ch- they all have insecurity still about something. It's just there's peeling away layers of it. And maybe there's things in our life that we won't ever fully solve, but yeah. you want to get as many layers of that onion peeled away as possible and use those from strengths and make them into, uh, sorry, from weaknesses and make them into strengths.
0: Yeah. No, uh, I mean, you hit the nail on the head with that, is because I think, you know, in today's day and age, I think too many people look at others, especially celebrities and successful Mm -hmm. people, from a status quo standpoint. Yeah. And I will tell you this I mean, I heard Grant Cardone several times on Clubhouse, specifically in some of the bigger rooms, and you could almost sense that there's still insecurities in his voice. Sure. In fact, one of the moderators actually had asked him, Obviously, he's done the undercover billionaire show in sure. discovery now. And in fact, a lot of people were bashing him last year when he was filming this because they started making all these made up bullshit stories because of what led up to the show because mm-hmm. he was like so inaccessible. Right. But well, you know what he said. He said, I'm playing too small, he said, I know it. I'm playing too small. Yeah. I mean, I've done a lot of things, but I'm playing too small. And this is a guy that brings like, you know, Kevin Hart and Dana White, you know, and, and, and all these celebrities, you know, sure. So one the sure. I've been, been to two of his 10
1: X conferences. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so, but you're absolutely right that everybody has insecurities. I'm glad you talked about this is because let's face it. And then today's day and age, you know, someone looks at you and says, Jason, you know, you've done so many great things, man. Mm-hmm. Right. But guess what? Jason has insecurities too. It's oh, he like yeah. everybody else. Cause we're human. Right. 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 Yeah. So, I think that's the challenge that too many people look at things so black and white, yeah, and don't understand that like, and I saw this in a newsletter from Andy this morning. It's like success is 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 becoming the best version of you, mm-hmm. but what that version is, you have to define. Not society, not your mom, not your dad, not your wife, nobody. Right. It's right. you. Yeah. So. Yeah. With that being said, Jason, I, I know we could totally keep... Well, I just up, want to please. give
1: you a quick anecdote just to prove yeah. that. my the, yeah. I went to the, the 10X in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And I was there for the two days and then I had to fly back out to another business conference. Um, but one of my friends um, from my business program um, at the 10X conference, he did a book release and at the book release was a bunch of those big heavy hitters cuz they've been on yeah. the show for his podcast yeah. um and coach Michael Burt was there and right all these people from that that spoke at 10x and i remember like meeting you know Hank Norman you know these people who are like behind Grant Cardone right the social Cardone, it really is big and um stuff like that so i remember being at this this event and and going up the elevator with uh to the top floor of the whatever the hotel was and you know to the, where the lounge was where this event was right, right and one of the employees of my friend and my friend's company At that point was doing over a hundred million dollars a year And I'm like, so what's it like working with this guy? And He's like, that's cool I'm like, do you listen to his podcast and they're like, no, I'm like, why not? Do you realize like the amount of value that you're getting? He's like, well, it's just my boss I'm like, do you not right. realize who you work for? Right? So so whatever so that weekend I saw some of these these Speakers and some of these names and then like to realize that like a year or two later at the 10X of Miami, I can't remember where it was a year or two years later. Yeah. So Coach Burt spoke at that Vegas one. Two years, I guess it was two years later, I'm sitting in Coach Burt's box, skybox, for majority of the 10X conference right. because I formed that relationship with that person over sure. that time. And I invested some time, effort, and money into doing some coaching with them and was invited to stay and hang out in the box and met all these incredible people, and right? Because it was that two years ago I never would have, you know, but I'm like, oh, I'm going to go up and say hi. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, come hang out, come come stay, right? But otherwise I was sitting in the $50 cheap seats. So we have to realize like this, that, you know, years ago I never would have been ballsy enough to even just go in and like want to go say hi. You know, and reintroduce yep. myself to this person because why would he care about me, right? And like you said, like for for about uh, for about Ed, for why would he care? Why would he remember to send me a birthday? I mean, that's like the, the at the end of the day, relationships are still the core yep. of any type of success, especially in the entrepreneur
0: world. One relationship away.
1: Yeah, yeah, one relationship and you might already away. have it. You might already have it. You just don't yep. realize. Also, that's yep. the du- the duality of it. It's one one relationship away out there, and you might already have that relationship and you just didn't know to look at it that in that light.
0: Yeah. Well, Jason, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I feel like there's so much more to unpack. I mean, your bio is full of, amazing experiences that you've done congratulations and everything Thank you. that Thank you. you've done you know these are all accomplishments to be proud of but um before we sign off on the episode you know throw out some social handles ways that people can connect with you out there for a convo or you know some some counseling therapy anything that's within your wheelhouse
1: sure so my uh, interesting enough, I yeah, with all the craziness going on in the social media world, about a month and, and so we're now in you know, the end of January, 2021, yep. but in the beginning of December, I woke up one day and my Instagram was shut down. What? I don't post anything political. I don't post anything <laughs> pandemic wise. <laughs> it was shut down. i tried been trying to get it back. No rhyme or no reason, whatever. Wow. So I had a nice little thing. So I had to switch it over mm-hmm. to my backup one, which I didn't really build. So people are like, oh, this guy, well, he has 200 and something followers, whatever. It's because I, guys, I had him, right. whatever. And I'm, and I'm out of, you know, I don't get involved in the crazy politics stuff and I, I focus on what I know. Right, so it's, right. so you winning life is the name of my podcast. Um, my Instagram is also you winning life. And if you go um, to you winning life.com, that'll actually bring you to my private practice website. And if you are interested, um, right, if someone wants is, is interested in, in, in seeing if we're a good fit to, to sure. partner together on, on this therapy coaching hybrid. Um, more than if I just, just drop me a message, drop me a DM and, um, I'm happy to connect and, and, and be of service and, and if not point you in the right direction of who could be a good, so I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. If I'm not the right person, let me help you get in front of the right person.
0: Uh, I love that. And uh, once again, congratulations on everything that you've Thank done. You. You know, you've had some great experiences. Lots of trial and error. It sounds like, and uh, I appreciate your time and coming on the show. Oh, it's it's
1: I I'm very honored because I know we've we, we had a few uh, reschedules that we had to do. So it means a lot to me that we were able to make this time. And I very much again also I want to congratulate you and for also happy birthday. And you know, it's uh, you. all the good stuff. My I'm a year I got a year ahead of you. Um, but it's 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 to see that you and other people like us are finding our authenticity are finding our potential are trying to do good for the world mm-hmm. they're trying to bring you know uh, the, the the bring value is so cliche right that word right i want to bring value right it's really it's what are you serving your purpose in this world and and it's yeah. so nice to see yeah. someone doing that so i want to congratulate you on that and it's been a I, i've had so much fun and i'm yeah well utilize me in the future if you you know and i'm more than happy to have that gone and bring more to your community
0: absolutely thanks jason thanks brother